Welcome to the Revival Center Podcast, where you can hear the latest messages and thoughts from our church. We hope you are encouraged and blessed by today's message. Will you stand for the reading of God's Word this morning? It is our custom to stand at this time for, uh, for the Scripture as we invite it. And I hope, now we're about to read 13 verses. I hope that this is not the most Bible that you've read all week. Come on, it's okay to smile a little bit, all right. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five of them were foolish. Those who were foolish took the lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. At midnight, a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you. But go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. And he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Verse 13, watch therefore, for you neither know the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. The subject, moving mountains, we end the series today with an oil check. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your presence. I thank you, God, for the worship that has went forth. I pray, God, anoint our ears, anoint our heart, God, to receive what the Word of God says to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may be seated this morning in the presence of the Lord. All right, let's get into it. Now, as we close out this series, Moving Mountains, I want to end it with an oil check. So I want to go ahead and warn you right now. At the end of this service, the altar time is this right here. It's going to be self-inventory. I want you to look at your own heart and your own soul and ask yourself, do I need a little bit more oil in my lamp? Okay? So Matthew chapters 23 through 25 of, of this particular portion of Matthew are Jesus' final lengthy teachings of his public ministry. In other words, he's about to shut it down. He's about to go to the cross and his earthly ministry is coming to an end. And much of this teaching deals with eschatology. The main subject of this particular parable is emphasizing the importance of being prepared for Christ's return. But he connects the readiness with having enough oil. Again, and that is my subject this morning. Notice again, he connects their readiness with having enough oil. So that transitions us to ask this, to, to begin to preach this message that oil throughout the Bible has been symbolic with the Holy Spirit. When you study this out, it's always connected to God's anointing. And I want you to even note, as by way of an example, James chapter 5, verse number 14, that we're even instructed. That when we are sick, to call for the elders and to anoint them with oil. Do you see that scripture right there? That's the reason we have a little oil right here is because we're trying to fulfill James 5.14. And oil is connected with God's anointing. And I don't know about you, but I would say to you that we all need a little bit more oil. How about you? 
We all need a little bit more oil. Won't you look at your neighbor and tell them, especially you. Come tell them right now. You especially need a little bit more oil. Now, I am not ashamed to tell you publicly that I do need more oil. I'm not ashamed to tell you that I need more of the anointing of, the, of, of God and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Because in our text, Jesus is teaching this parable about five foolish and about five wise. And the issue at hand was a crisis of oil, a lack of it. And anytime there is a lack of oil, or should I say a lack of anointing in the church, we are in crisis. Anytime you walk into the house of God and you cannot feel the God of that house, then something is wrong. Anytime that we don't have the power of the Holy Spirit in operation in our house, we are in trouble. We cannot adequately do what we have been called and commissioned to do without the power of the Holy Spirit working in our hearts. And I want you to know the Revival Center is connected and committed to this oil. That is to say, we are committed to the moving of the Holy Spirit. We allow the Holy Spirit to move and to operate in our services. We are dealing with all kinds of issues in our world today and a church that is having an oil crisis is leaving out the one thing God gave us to deal with the problems of our world. Are you listening to what I'm saying? And many, many churches do not allow the gifts of the Holy Spirit to be in operation. Non-gifts in particular and specifically and they don't allow it because they say people will be offended they don't allow it is because they say people will think you're crazy and out of your mind and that is a true statement people will think you're crazy and out of your mind the bible says that if you walk in and people are speaking in tongues then they're going to think you're crazy it says it right there in scripture but it doesn't say don't allow it to happen in your church the bible says let it all be done for the edification of the body Somebody say amen right there. Now watch. So, so here it is. Even within the context of COVID-19, you have all different kinds of ways of doing church now. Different structures on how to do church. I didn't mess with the chairs again. I'm trying to keep everybody safe in this house. You know, I see these numbers exploding and I'm like, Lord, help us, you know. So I mess with the chairs. I'm not able to mess with them again. Come back next Sunday, then rearrange again. I don't know. But here's my point. Here's my point. I'm, this sermon is not about structure. This sermon is not about ways to do church. What I am referring to is the substance of what you have inside of the building. You might can have in-person services, but I don't want to have in-person services if you don't have in-person Holy Ghost when you come to the in-person services. What's the point? Why go through it? Why expose ourselves to the possibility of getting a virus if we're going to come in here and not experience God when we come into this place? So I don't really care about having in-person services if there's not any oil in the house. Now, let me give you a quick little history lesson before I get into the text. Oil has many uses in the Bible. One of those uses in Leviticus chapter 14, verse number 17, in the Old Testament, when the uh, high priest was anointed with oil, I want you to notice that they would put a 
some oil on their right earlobe. I find that very interesting because I understand that to be natural, but I know that in the Old Testament what is natural is spiritual a lot of times in the New Testament. I believe this is what it is signifying to you and I, that we need to know the sound of the Spirit. Watch now. We need to know what the Lord is saying at any given moment in our life. We need our hearing anointed by this oil, anointed by the Holy Spirit. Spirit, are you listening to what I'm saying? Because what do we do right now? When you need an answer, what do you do? You Google it. Right? Need some information? You get on your phone, you Google it. Yes, sir. You Google for the information. How about this? When you're facing a life crisis, instead of Googling it, won't we pray as much as we Google? Somebody say, oh, me or oh, amen one. Get your Bible out and say, talk to me, Holy Spirit. Anoint my hearing so that I can hear what the Spirit is speaking to me in this particular moment. Oily ears, oily ears, let them be dripping. Come on, somebody. But will help you know the truth of what you're hearing on the news out there. Uh-huh. Listen to me now. There's a lot of propaganda going on. Oily ears will help you know that what is being preached is God's word word are you hearing me revelation chapter 2 verse 29 says he that has an ear let him hear what the spirit says he's not talking about a natural ear he's talking about a spiritual ear i'm trying to tell you this morning that there is another voice that is speaking that needs to be heard by a different part of who you are outside of your five senses and it's your spirit it's your spirit. Can you hear the voice of God speaking to you when he begins to minister to you? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Anoint my hearing. If you ever learn to hear the Holy Spirit speak to you, it will change your world. I don't know if you've ever caught this or not, but I pretty much pray the same prayer anytime that I dedicate a baby. You know, baby comes up here, six months, whatever, you know, ever how old they are. Whenever I begin to pray for that baby, you know what I'm thinking about? I'm not thinking about the baby being at six months. That baby at six months is perfect. Come on, somebody. That baby is perfect. Can't do no wrong. I mean, it's just, you know, it's a little baby. Well, what I'm praying for when we anoint them babies and give them back to God, when that six-month-old turns into a 14-year-old. Come on, somebody. That's when they need to be anointed. Come on. <laughs> That's when they need to be given to the Lord. Come on. Don't make me start preaching in here now. All right. So uh, what I'm praying when them little babies come in here at six months old is, Lord, Give them a sensitivity in their spirit that they can always sense God's voice speaking to them no matter how old they are. Because I am convinced of this right here, that no matter if you find yourself in a bar, no matter if you find yourself in a club, strung out, whatever, it doesn't matter where you find yourself. I believe in my heart, I believe in my heart that there is a small, still voice that can speak to that individual even in the midst of when they're living in gross and detestable sin in the pig pen of life. I believe that God's spirit still speaks to that individual when they they lay their head down at night, it convicts them, it reminds them that there is a Heavenly Father that still loves them, and I believe in my heart that that voice is going to win out in that person's life. 
Yes, I do. Yes, I do. And I know at times it doesn't look good. I know at times it is hard. But if that voice, if they're still sensitive to that voice, that voice will win out given enough time. So can you hear his voice today? Are your ears anointed to what God is speaking? Because if you can hear what God is speaking, then you can find the right calling in your life. You can find your purpose and destiny. If you can hear God speaking, you can find the right woman you can find the right man in your life with anointed ears are you hearing me now watch a couple things in the natural dry ears is a sign of an infection I had to google that come on somebody <laughs> I didn't know I, I, I'm, not, I'm not a doctor so I had to google it and so what I learned is if your eye if your if your ears are too dry it is a sign of an infection. A church with dry ears is a sick place. And you will never be effective if you are infective. So I don't want sick ears in this house. Because ears also affect your speech. So you can't speak what you need to speak unless you can hear what you need to hear. Somebody say amen right there. So if you ain't talking right, it's because you ain't hearing right. If you ain't preaching right, it's, I'm going to deal with that next week come back but if you ain't preaching right then it's because you ain't hearing right in Jesus name your ears are dry they're crusty you need to put some oil on those things so you can hear what God is speaking to you now another another example in Luke chapter 10 verse 34 in this parable I see here that in this parable this person had wounds and they took some olive oil and they poured it in the wounds of this, this is the good Samaritan parable in it to heal the body watch watch oil was poured into wounds to heal the body listen to me church is not supposed to be a place that we come in here and that we hide our wounds this is not a place that we come in and, and we, we say, well, I'm good, I'm good. Ain't nothing wrong with me, something wrong with him. But it, nothing's wrong with me. That's not this kind of place where we come in here and we act like, you know, what happens, I'll tell you what happens. We're afraid that if we show our wounds, then we're going to be rejected. If you know my past, I'm going to be rejected. If you know the decisions that I've made, I'm going to be rejected. So we have to put on a suit of armor that we have to pretend like everything is okay. Listen to me. Church is supposed to be a place where you come and expose your wound and allow the oil to be poured over your life. This place is not a museum for the saints. It is supposed to be a hospital for the sinner. We can help no one without the oil or without the anointing of the Holy Spirit in this house. Let me show you what Jesus did with his wounds. John chapter 20 verse 27. He walked in there with his disciples. He didn't walk in there and say, I don't, don't look there. Don't, that's a big old hole with a spear went inside of my side. Don't look at my hands because you're going to find some holes. Don't look at my head right here. Let me get my hair down because that's where the crown of thorns were. That's not what Jesus did. He went in there and said, you want to see them? Touch them. You don't, you don't even have to see them. You can touch them here. Right here it is. And notice what happens. Watch. We think that when we, when we, give, when we share our wounds that we're going to be rejected. But when Jesus shared his wounds, it brought peace in their hearts. Isn't that amazing? It was the opposite effect. 
Why? I will tell you why. Because it showed that he was human. It showed that we're human. So when you come in here and you hear my story or you hear somebody else's story of what God has delivered them out of, then it brings some calmness in this house and to let folks know I'm in the right house. <laughs> I'm in the right house because I know the issues that I'm dealing with. And if they're dealing with the issues and they got some wounds, then I must be at the right place at the right time. What scares me is when somebody has, when they haven't asked Jesus to forgive them of nothing, you scare me. You make me nervous now. Come on, somebody. Because I know everybody has to get, everybody done a little something, something. All right. Now, now, watch, watch. So after he did this, they, 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 they it calmed him down. And it showed that he had survived and that he had made it through. Uh-huh. The devil had tried to take him out, but he stood there, wounds and all. And he told his disciples, the devil gave his best shot right here. I survived it. Here are the wounds to show that I survived it. If I overcome it, then guess what? So can you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, a church without the oil is an empty place. In fact, if there is no presence of God here, then let's all go back to quarantine. Come on. If, if there's no presence here, if there's no oil here, then let's shut the door and just go back to quarantine. Not because of COVID-19, but the lack of God's presence. Because a sinful life will leave many wounds in your heart. And that's the reason you need the oil. Because when you're out there living in the world, it cuts you. It hurts you. You go through hard times and hard relationships. And so you need the anointing so that you can have the ministry of reconciliation. 2 Corinthians 5, 18. That's the reason we come in here with our hurts and our pain so that the Holy Spirit can put us back together in Jesus' name. Here it is. Five foolish versions took the lamps, but they had no oil. I'm in Matthew 25, 3. They had lamps, but no oil. Watch now. But the five wise virgins took their oil with them. Do you see that? Do you see the connection? Now watch. What good is a lamp without the oil? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What good is a church without God's presence in the church? You might have a nice shiny lamp, but you can't turn it on. You might have a building, but you can't do nothing in that building. Listen to me. And I, I, wonder, I wonder how many oilless lamps are there in the kingdom of God today? Are you listening to me? How many oilless lamps are walking in and out or watching my live stream lamps today in the kingdom of God how many oilless preachers are standing behind pulpits today again come back next week I'm gonna deal with that how many oilless ministries are out there how many oilless churches are around and dotted the, 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 the landscape of America the thing is is within the church setting you can tweak the sound if you want to you can mess with the carpet if you want to and you can change the color but the one thing you best not mess with and that is the oil of the Holy Spirit don't mess with the message of the blood of Jesus don't touch the Bible listen to me there are some things in the church it don't matter if you mess with but there's other things in the church that you don't change that you don't touch that you don't try to make new come on somebody you preach it the way it's written are you listening to what I'm saying hear me by the Holy Spirit I would take an old run-down lamp over a new shining lamp if the old lamp had oil and the new shining lamp was dry. Are you listening to what I'm saying? 
Don't be enamored by the shine on the lamp. Don't get caught up in what the lamp looks like and forget about the oil. We have a lot of young uh, people right now going through our leadership school here at the church, and I love it. I love it. Young ministers like, like Josh raised up in this church. In fact, I met with a couple uh, last week about God maybe stirring them up and calling them into the mission field. Hey, I love it. I, I'm all about it, man. Let's do it. But listen to me. Don't get too interested in what the lamp looks like. Be interested in the oil. We are called to God's presence. We are called to the oil, not the lamp. Let me preach this thing. Let's understand something. Ministry is a secondary consequence of what happens behind the scenes. We are called to God's presence. And when you get in his presence, you get filled up. And then what you see in ministry is supposed to be the overflow. You know why preachers fall? Mm -hmm. You know why people get burnt out? It's because they don't get filled up. Now, the reason they can't do it is because they try to do it in their own strength. They got some talents. They got some gifts. Yes, sir, you got that. But that will only take you so far. You better get filled up. You better get filled up because those talents, the skills, I don't care how big your social media platform is or how creative you are, none of that means anything if you don't have any oil. At the core of this church, this is why we welcome the Holy Spirit in here. This is why we are presence-oriented people. We desire to have an experience with God. I don't want to be in a dry church. I don't want to be in a quiet church. Somebody say amen. Make some noise. Praise the Lord. I don't want to be in a church that is scared to say something kind of church. Scared of the issues of our day. Scared to get out there and preach God's word because you're afraid of what someone may say about them. I don't want to be a part of that because that ain't what God has called none of us to do. Are you listening to what I'm saying? We have real mountains and we need real power. So watch, watch. Let me keep going. Look at verse 4. Don't miss what the Bible says about the wise women right here. Watch. Not only did they have oil, here's the wisdom. They carried it with them. They carried it with them. The wisdom was connected to the fact that they carried the oil wherever they went. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. So when they left church, they didn't leave the oil in the church. Uh -huh. They carried it with them, with them, wherever they went, wherever they went. At work, come on, on Monday, you carry the oil with you. On Tuesday, on Wednesday, and some of y'all work in some hellacious environments, and you say, Pastor, I need a whole lot of oil. Go to the next slide. I'm like this right here. I'm an oil tanker. I work in a place, I need that much oil right there. Come on, somebody, to deal with the crazy folks I got to deal with. If I don't got that much oil, I don't know if I'm going to make it to next next Sunday. Can y'all say anything in this house? Or maybe you work with your person you're sitting beside, and you're like, I can't say nothing right now. Hey, man, I'm talking to the staff right here. <laughs> So here it is. You become an old tank. You, you go to your work. You go wherever you are. You empty that sucker out, and you come back on Sunday, and you get filled back up again. Come on. That's how it's supposed to work, right? So let me show you something of this dynamic. Luke chapter 3, verse 16 tells me that Jesus is the baptizer of the Holy Spirit. Watch now. Watch. So Jesus gives us the Spirit, right? Okay. Now, now, now watch. Jesus is attracted to the Holy Spirit. And then in Galatians chapter 4, verse 6 tells me that, that the Spirit is attracted to Jesus. 
Watch this dynamic. This is powerful. It's, it's called the Trinity. If, if you didn't know, it's called the Trinity. So here it is. And because you are sons of God, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts. And from your hearts you cry back out, Abba, Father. Oh, isn't this awesome? So here it is. Jesus is attracted to the aroma of the oil because he's the one who gives it. And then the Holy Spirit is also attracted to Jesus because he's the one who poured it out. Now, when you look at Jesus' baptism, what happened? The dove, the Holy Spirit, came and landed on the lamb. So here's a little side note for all the Bible scholars in here. The dove is only going to land on the lamb. If you're not a lamb, if you don't got the lamb inside of you, the dove ain't landing on no goat. Okay, okay. That ain't in my notes. That's free. That hit me the second service. The first service, people just missed out. They got to watch live stream. Come on, somebody. Now. So he's not, so, the, so, so Jesus is attracted to the oil, the Holy Spirit. He's not attracted to fancy buildings. He's not attracted to paved parking lots. Somebody say amen right there if you parked in that gravel. <laughs> I'm so glad that there's not a prerequisite for God to move in your church to have paved par parking lot. Because we would be in trouble. He's attracted to the oil. And I don't want just, just regular music. Come on, somebody. I want oily music. I want oily singing. I want oily preaching. I don't want dry preaching. And I'm here to tell you something. That America needs a church that knows how to operate in the power of the Holy Spirit. That knows how to move some mountains. The oil is not found in the carpet. The oil is not found in the sound equipment. The oil is found inside of you. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit which means which means the building should not be able to contain the oil and you should be taking the oil outside of this building and applying it to everything that you come in contact with somebody say man right there let me keep going Matthew 25 verse 8 now watch the foolish said to the wise give us some of your oil and the wise said no why? Because you have to have your own oil, which means you must have your own relationship with the Lord Jesus. You must have your own experience with God. Uh -huh. My children cannot receive my experience. Watch now, my oil. My family must have their own personal experiences with God. Let me give you an example. Whenever I was like seven or eight years old, I went to kids camp. That's why I believe in kids camp. I believe in kids camp, youth camp, all that stuff. And believe it or not, an eight-year-old can get saved the same way that a 25-year-old can get saved. You believe that? I believe that. And I also believe that the Holy Spirit can move on an eight-year-old the same way that he moves on a 25-year-old. And if you say, I don't know if I believe that, hang out with me. Go to camp. Go back there with Pastor Tabitha or something, and you'll see God begin to move. Now watch. Now, I had experiences with God at eight years old that I cannot deny that God was not in that room. Okay? It was an experience that I had with God. My kids weren't around then. Come on, somebody. All right? Later, 14, 15, 16 years old, I had experiences with God at youth camp and services, youth convention, whatever. Experiences that I could not deny. And so whenever I backslid and I turned my back on God and I, and, I, and, I, and I just, you know, went crazy, even though I had turned my back on God, you know what I could not do is turn my back on the experiences that I had with God. 
And it was those experiences that was lodged in my brain, lodged in my spirit and in my heart that I knew, I knew that what I was doing was wrong. Help me preach this. And I believe that one of the reasons when you invite people to come to church and they say, I ain't going to church with them hypocrites. What they're really saying is I have too much sin in my heart. And I know that if I go to that church where there's some oily preaching, I'm liable to be convicted. I'm liable to be convicted. So let me just say it like this right here. I'm not going to go to church with some hypocrites. Listen, this is what I say about that. Listen, one more ain't going to hurt us. Come on, somebody. I'm joking. But my point is, is what maybe what it is, is I have sin in my heart, and that I know if I step in that church and start preaching, I'm going to start feeling convicted. And so now i got to sit there and squirm for 60 minutes, and I know an altar call is coming, and i got to look at myself in the mirror, and I, gotta, I have to say to myself, I'm not going to change my ways, even though I feel the stirring of God down in my spirit. I feel His wooing. I feel His love. I feel His heart and His mercy. I don't want to have to sit there and tell him no so therefore I just am not going to go I believe that is the real answer because here's the thing it is a personal experience that you have with God I cannot give you my oil because Jesus has fresh oil for you listen to me the oil comes from being personally connected to the bridegroom to Jesus Christ it's not my oil I did not create it it's not mine to give no way guess what I got mine from Jesus so if you want some go to Jesus and he'll give you some too Matthew 25, the whole chapter, these women needed the oil. That's, that's the whole crux of the matter. They needed oil. And I don't, I don't know about you, but we need the oil. We need the touch of the Spirit. We need the power of God because the oil brings the fire. So if you're oily, then you are a candidate to catch fire. If you don't have no oil, then you're not a candidate to catch fire. And the fire is what produced the light to be able to see. Watch now. Without the oil, you have no fire. Without the oil, you have no light. The light illuminates what needs to be illuminated. It is this light that shows us the difference between what is holy and what is unholy. The light shows you what is right and what is wrong. <laughs> because it's not right just because you want to do it. You do not get, you don't know, you cannot adjust the standard of God's word to fit your feelings. Oh, can y'all handle this this morning? Come on, somebody. The light will show you what is right. Psalms 119, verse 105. I'm preaching the Bible. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. A dark house will appear to be a clean house because nobody can see the mess. And that's why some of y'all keep the lights off. Come on, somebody. <laughs> but if you turn the lights on, you can see the mess. Well, oil, God's word, God's anointing, listen to me. It is the light of God that reveals the mess. Or let me say it like this. That reveals the sin in our hearts. Are you hearing me? So Matthew 25, 11, The bridegroom represents Jesus in this text. And so what happens? The door is shut. And so they come. Hey, Jesus, let us in. They knock on the door. Open up. And notice what he says right here. He says, I don't know you. 
depart from me. I do not know you. You have no oil. You have no fire. You have none of my presence. I don't recognize you is what he said. The presence makes us recognizable to the bridegroom. Why? Theologically, how is that possible? Galatians 3.27. Let me show you why this is vitally important. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ, we have put on Christ. Do you see that? Do you notice that? Like I put this jacket on, right? I put on Christ. When you get saved, ladies and gentlemen, you are putting on Jesus Christ. So when Jesus looks at you, he's not looking at all your good works. Uh-huh. Well, I gave to the poor. I, I picked up trash. I did this. Um, what he's looking for, and the only thing he's going to recognize is himself. Himself. What he's looking for is himself. He's looking for a reflection of himself in your life. My goodness. When you stand before God, you're not going to be able to stand there and say, well, I was a good person. I was a good person. You know what? I, I'd give the shirt off my back to whomever. I'd give offerings sometimes. I, I, I would go to church sometimes. I was a good person. That ain't what he's looking for. He's looking for himself. Does he see himself inside of you? So if the Lord was to come and ask you to give an account of your life today, mm -hmm, would he see himself or would he see something else? Okay, that's the question. He will know us not because of our church affiliation, uh -uh, not because your denomination affiliation, not because of anything in this world, but because you have the presence of God, because you are wearing him in your life. I don't want Jesus to come into our church and feel like a stranger. Come on. I don't want him to walk in here and be like, what is this? What is all this? What are you preaching? What are you singing? Who are these people? I don't recognize myself in here at all. No, no, no. I want him to walk in here, and I want him to recognize himself in this house because he sees himself in your life. He hears himself in the preaching. He hears himself in the worship. Are you listening to what I'm saying? I am after his presence. I'm not after anybody to come to this house. I want Jesus to come to this house, and whenever he he gets here I want him to feel right at home feel right at home all check time are you ready here come on praise team here's the all check time lift up the hood open up your heart and ask yourself this morning where's your oil level let me give it to you like this with COVID-19 with the unrest in our country and with the uncertainty that surrounds us I don't know about you I'm gonna speak for myself but I find myself very emotional right now Okay, I see the numbers. Y'all see the numbers of COVID-19? I pastor a church. We have people come in here. That's the reason we have to keep the numbers down. We didn't go to three services because we had two numbers-wise. We went to three services so that, you know, be separated. Are you here? Y'all doing a great job today, by the way. Okay, anyways. So, very emotional. I see all the, all the, all the unrest in the streets, man. Very emotional. I'm up and I'm down. I'm the only one. You need to pray for your weaker brother with your strong self then. Praise the Lord. I'm just being honest. Some days I feel like I got it going on. And other days I feel like what in the world is going on? I'm, like, I'm, I'm back and forth. Okay. So hear me. This is, this is all check time. I need Jesus. I need the oil of the Holy Spirit inside of me. 
because I am fighting battles within my head. <laughs> oh, can I still be your preacher after I give my, bear my soul to you? I recognize the areas that I am flawed in, and I am flawed in areas of my life. And I know that if I don't pour the Holy Spirit in those flawed areas, I'm about to mess something up. Are you hearing me? Sometimes I have to do spiritual warfare in my own mind. Sometimes I have to rebuke depression off of my own self. Sometimes I have to rebuke weariness off of my own self. Sometimes, oftentimes, I have to rebuke insecurity off of my own self. I wish you could understand what I mean by that. I, I wish I could, because you might think I'm just, you know, blowing smoke, but I wish you could really understand it. There are some battles, and I believe in counseling. I, I do counseling. I believe in all that. I believe in reading books. Leaders are readers, and I read my share. But listen to me now. There are some battles that I am referring to that counseling will not work. There are some battles that I'm referring to right now that reading books will not work. But what it takes, I'm going to sound old-fashioned, but I mean to. Sometimes what it takes is an old-fashioned experience with the Holy Spirit in your life. Another way of saying it is a come to Jesus meeting moment. And hear me, hear me. I have to have those moments that I'm referring to more often than not. We think, well, you have one of those moments, you know, at the altar or whatever, and you're good for a while. Not even, that's not my experience. My experience is just about every Monday. Come on, somebody. Praise the Lord in here. Just about every week, once or twice, I have to get by myself. And i got to get serious with the Lord. I have to say, God, help me in this area right here. I'm about to lose my mind over here. Fill me with your spirit right now. Whatever, whatever, whatever the case is. And have those come to Jesus moments where I shut my door, I close the book, I turn on worship music, and I start sucking carpet, and I pray my way through it more times than not. And I found that if you try to live your life in a less aggressive way, you have those moments, but by the time you have that moment again, you done hit bottom again. You know what I'm saying? You done like crashed your car. Now you got to have a come to Jesus moment. What I'm saying is, is have those moments more often. Have the oil check more often. Stand between you, in front of you and God and say, God, check me. Get under my hood. I need a touch right now. We hope you have enjoyed today's message. For more information about the Revival Center, visit us on the web at revivalcenterag.com.